invite you to turn over there with me in your Bibles if you want to. If you have a Bible app on your phone, or if you have a, grab a few Bible, however you want to do it, or you can just listen. Psalm 102, verses 1 through 7. Hear my cry, O Lord. Let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day of my distress. Incline your ear to me. Answer me speedily in the day when I call. For my days pass away like smoke, and my bones burn like a furnace. My heart is stricken and withered like grass. I am too wasted to eat my bread. Because of my loud groaning, my bones cling to my skin. I'm like an owl in the wilderness, like a little owl of the waste places. I lie awake. I'm like a lonely bird on a housetop. The word of God for the people of God. Now we're going to hear a little snip of a song that I promise you can get stuck in your head really easy. But if you're going to have a song get stuck in your head, it might as well be a good one, right? talking about something today that is more dangerous to your health than obesity. Talking about something today that has the same impact on your mortality as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. And we're talking about something today that in a recent survey done by Cigna Health Insurance is something that almost half of Americans are dealing with. 47% of Americans Ah, look at all the lonely people out there. Talking about loneliness. And the first thing I want to say about loneliness is that loneliness is an epidemic, y'all. It's an epidemic. I mean, what would you call 47% of the population experiencing feelings of, of being cut off and being alone? If you wouldn't call it an epidemic, what would you call it? Because if Cigna Health is right, and I have every reason to believe they are, over 150 million people are experiencing this feeling. Over 150 million people are, are feeling like an owl in the wilderness, like the psalmist said, like an owl in the wilderness, wondering if anybody gives a hoot about them. Over 150 million people are, are lying awake sometimes at night, feeling like a lonely bird on a housetop, singing a sad song. Ah, look at all the lonely people. So we're going to spend a little bit of time this morning talking about what loneliness is, defining loneliness. And one of the best definitions I saw came from the writings of Dr. Jeffrey Young at Columbia University. He said there's more than one kind of loneliness. He said there's three kinds of loneliness. One is what he called transient loneliness. And that's loneliness, just a, just a temporary feeling. It's, it's a feeling that can last for you know, two minutes or two hours, but it's something that almost everyone has from time to time. Almost everyone feels like they're kind of the Lone Ranger. Maybe you call it a bad day. Maybe you call it having the blues or having the mully grubs. Y'all ever said mully grubs? I just have the mully grubs today. Almost everyone has that. Another kind of loneliness, he says, is called situational loneliness, and that's loneliness that comes as a result of a significant event in your life. 
something happens, your, your spouse dies, or you go through a divorce, or, or you, you change jobs, or you have an empty nest. Oh, don't talk to me about empty nests. Or you move to a different city yourself, and you start a new job or a new school, and you don't know anybody yet, and you just feel like you're all by yourself. So some of you are hearing this today and you're thinking, been there, done that, got the t-shirt, right? So as tough as those first two kinds of loneliness are, they're nothing compared to the third kind of loneliness, and that's chronic loneliness. Chronic loneliness is defined as loneliness that is experienced for more than two years at a time apart from a traumatic event. It's like getting stuck in the pit of loneliness. And it's painful. It's just painful. It's something else. When we are defining loneliness, we need to remember that there's a difference between being alone and being lonely. I'm going to say that again. There's a difference between being alone and being lonely. Because loneliness might not have anything to do with the number of people you're around. Because you can be alone and not be lonely, can't you? And the flip side of that is also true. You can also be lonely and not be alone. You could be surrounded by a big crowd of people in a, in a nice, pretty sanctuary like we are today and feel like you're all out there on your own. You could be in a crowded city. As a matter of fact, David, Henry David Thoreau said, a city is a place where hundreds of people are lonely together. It's a heart feeling. It's... it's a feeling of, of isolation. It's a feeling of being cut off. It's a feeling of being unnoticed, uncared for, maybe even unnecessary. It's epidemic. John Lennon and Paul McCartney wrote these lines. All the lonely people, where do they all come from? Where do they all come from? That's a pretty good question when you think about it. I'm kind of glad the Beatles asked that question. Where do they all come from? They may not come from where you expect. Sometimes we think, well, the only lo really lonely people are, are the uh, elderly people and different things like that. But you know what? This same Cigna Health Insurance survey that I talked about, do you know what the loneliest age group of people are? It's the Gen Zers, the 18 to 22-year-olds. That's kind of surprising but not if you know 18 to 22-year-olds. The second uh, closest group is millennials, ages 23 to 37. The greatest generation, ages 72 and up, were the least lonely people. Because 85% of that age group says that they belong to a group of friends, but not so much with the younger age groups. You know, I was looking uh, on my social media thing, which I kind of have a love-hate relationship with my social media. I looked on my Facebook, and it says I have 1,413 friends. <coughs> I'm like, are you serious? I didn't even know I knew that many people. But you know, time spent on social media doesn't mean that you're not lonely. Matter of fact, it might be the opposite of that. So all the lonely people, where do they all come from? Well, they're college students sitting in a dorm room. They're, they're single parents wondering if they're going to be able to make in, meet their widows, their widowers, their divorced people, their shut-ins. 
some of the loneliest people around you just might not think about. Some of the loneliest people around are people in leadership positions. Some of you may have heard of Peter Drucker. If you've ever read any leadership or management books, you, you know who this guy is. He's, he's kind of prominent in that field. He said that the four hardest jobs in the world are, he didn't mention, but uh, being a, a mother of a toddler has got to be up there. He didn't say that, but what, what, he doesn't know everything. But he said the four hardest jobs are being president of the United States, uh, the second one was being a president of a major university. The third is uh, being a chief administrator of a large hospital. And the fourth is being a senior pastor of a large church. Ken, we've made number four, right? <laughs> but you know what he said all four of those jobs have in common? Loneliness. Loneliness. And I can't speak for the first three jobs, of course, but I can tell you that sometimes being a pastor is a lonely job. And you say, well, preacher, what are you talking about? You're surrounded by people all the time. You know what I'm talking about, that you're surrounded by people all the time, but you still, you still have that feeling of being by yourself. You see, remember, loneliness isn't necessarily connected to how many people you're around. So if I stopped the sermon right here, this would be the most depressing sermon I've ever preached. But I'm not going to stop right here. Because the gospel is good news, and there is good news. There is good news. So how do we rise above loneliness? If it's something that we're all, either you're experiencing it right now, or you have experienced it, or you will experience it, what do we do? How do we rise above that? If I had to put it in one word, I would say connection. Connection. Because I think we're going to have to connect in three different ways. In three different ways if we're going to rise above this loneliness. The first connection is to be connected to yourself. And I know that sounds kind of, might kind of sound weird, might kind of sound new agey, but I don't mean to sound that way because to tell you the truth, there are a lot of people that I run to, they don't know how to keep company with themselves. They stay so busy and so bombarded with outside stimulus that they don't know what it means to be in touch with themselves. To know, it's called mindful living. It's, it's about being aware and, and maintaining that awareness about your, your thoughts and your feelings and your body and your surrounding environment. To do that in a way that's gentle and nurturing, it's, a, it's something that you have to practice. But it is the first step out of loneliness just to know how to be mindful of yourself. And good news, you know, if you want to know more about this, if you want to know more about this, we have a class coming up in Gibbs Gadsden called Mindful Meditation. Sign up for that sucker. I promise it'll be great. We also have a yoga group that meets every Tuesday at 5 o'clock. You know, it's not about religion or anything. It's about being mindful to know what your breath is, to know what your body's doing. It's about being connected to what's going on with you. It's about wiping the mirror and seeing who you are. It's the first step out of loneliness. The second connection that everybody needs is connection to God. That's what we're here doing today. We're connecting with God in worship, but that's not the only way. There are practices that, that you can be a part of that help you connect with God, and we some call these spiritual practices. Uh, John Wesley called them works of piety. In addition to worship, he talked about prayer, not just praying by yourself, but praying with somebody, praying with a couple of people, joining together even if you have to even if you have to do it over the phone to pray with somebody else. 
connecting with God through receiving the sacraments like the Lord's Supper, by searching scriptures both by yourself and with a group of people, connecting with God through the, the practice of fasting. Now, I don't know if you've ever thought much about fasting as a way to connect with God, but Jesus did. The disciples did. John Wesley used to fast every week from sundown, uh, from 3 o'clock on Thursday to sundown on Friday. It was his time of fasting. It was a way that he said no to himself to connect with God. It's another way to rise above loneliness. You see, we are made to connect with God. That's the way God made us. And God longs to connect with us. I love the word of, of uh, St. Augustine. He said, you have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until they find their rest in you. That's what God longs for us to do. That's what our entering, inner longing is. That sometimes we can't describe it. Uh, one of my favorite verses of scripture I want to share with you today is Isaiah 41.10. It goes like this. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. Yes, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. This is the relationship that God, the connection that God longs for with us to be an ever-present help in our time of need. Connecting with God to lift us out of loneliness. You say, well, does God even know what loneliness is? And I would say, just look to Jesus. Because in John 1.11, it said that Jesus came to his own and his own did not receive him. Jesus knows what loneliness feels like. Jesus was rejected by his own family for a time. They thought he was nuts. Jesus was betrayed by his own disciples and abandoned by his closest friends. And do you remember what he said on the cross? He said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And I want to say at that moment that Jesus was the loneliest person on the face of the earth. So he knows. He knows about your loneliness. He knows about my loneliness. And he cares. Connecting with God to rise above loneliness. And then the third connection we need in order to rise above loneliness is to connect with others. There's so many ways we can do this. You know, this church has so many great small groups, so many great groups of people that you can connect with. And one of the best ways that you can do this is, is to take your church app, and there's a tab on your church app that says Connections. And you hit that, and it'll show you all the different journey groups and Sunday school classes and UMW groups and all of the different ways that you can connect with other people. Because, y'all, connecting with other people is the cure. It's the cure to this feeling of isolation that we have. So this is so important. I can't emphasize this enough. Another way you can connect with other people that will lift you up out of your feeling of loneliness and isolation is, is what John Wesley called works of mercy. Works of mercy. And all that means is you basically find some way to help somebody. You basically find some way to do the Matthew 25 thing, right? To feed the hungry, to clothe the naked, to, to welcome the stranger. You find some way to visit somebody who is sick or shut in or in prison. You help somebody. Dr. Carl Menninger was a world-famous psychiatrist, and one time he was giving a lecture at a, at a seminar, and 
after the lecture was over, he had a question and answer time. And someone raised a hand and said, Dr. Menninger, uh, what would you advise a person to do that thought that they were about to have a nervous breakdown? Now, everyone expected Dr. Menninger to say, you consult a psychiatrist, because after all, he was a famous psychiatrist. But instead, he said, go across the railroad tracks and find somebody who's in need and help them. Now, that was a surprise to his audience, but it's not a surprise to me. Because at the loneliness and most depressed time in my life, you know what helped me the most? What helped me the most was when I would go and visit a nursing home. Because it turns out that when you become the cure for somebody else's loneliness, it also helps your loneliness. All the lonely people. Where do they all come from? Well, I think we covered that pretty much. But that next line, all the lonely people, where do they all belong? Well, they belong to their Heavenly Father, even if they don't know it. And maybe we could tell them that. Where do they all belong? They belong to us because they're our neighbors. And church, our job is to love our neighbors. That's our job. Let's pray. Oh God, you have said that you are with us and that you will be with us even to the end of the age. But sometimes we don't feel like that. So remind us through your spirit, through the word, through the touch of a friend, Remind us, O oh Lord, that there are so many lonely people out there that we could connect with. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're going to